podcast one production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Grab your seats, sit down. If you haven't heard of the customer data platform, we're going to talk all about it. We have an esteemed panel to discuss the rise of the CDP. If you've heard of CRM, if you've heard of MarTech, well, this is a step up and a step on. With me today is Catherine Valentine, who's the director for APAC at Telium for Solutions Consulting, Dave Whittle, who is CEO at Lexa, Susie Cardwell, who's general manager for data and ad products solutions at News Corp, and Raj Kumar, who's a co-founder at a marketing and tech company uh, called The Lumery. So welcome all. Um, let's just start maybe with you first, Raj. There's lots of action happening around the CDP. What the hell is it? Why do we need another acronym? And um, is it real? <laughs> Good question. So I think we, if we kind of step back um, and get rid of the acronyms and the terms, um, what we're trying to achieve as technologists or marketers hasn't necessarily changed uh, for the last 10 to 15 years. The, the needs have been always there. So the idea of being able to collect and harness um, all the customer data that's uh, being activated in all the channels that you um, have experiences in, the need to manage identity across uh, loads of devices and identity points, uh, the need to create and manage audiences at scale, uh, and then be able to deliver those audiences um, across all of the uh, multitude of channels that you would like to talk to your customers in. Those needs have been the same for the last 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, a CDP now uh, represents uh, the technology that is starting to, I guess, give us the uh, actual solution to that need. Um, we've had, uh, you know, a, a journey of using things like campaign management systems, and then we went into CRM, and then DMP, and then marketing automation, um, with with the same needs as as I said before. But the CDP now represents uh, the potential answer to being able to solve some of those challenges. And you and you believe that, Raj? We, we're actually getting to the ultimate truth here. I, I think we're getting closer. Um, CDP in itself is still fairly new, right? A lot of people are excited by it. Whether or not it is the answer to all of those problems, and again, and again I guess the other nuance here is there's lots of different flavors of CDP. So there's not kind of one solution to rule them all. Um, but I think it's starting to represent the answer to a lot of those challenges that we're trying to solve. So Catherine, you're, uh, you are a CDP. We were talking earlier, you said there's something, there's a couple hundred. Give us the, the stats and why Telium? You weren't always a customer data platform either, right? So uh, just give us the journey. Okay, so um, that's the first thing I would say is we have a CDP. We are not a CDP. So right. it, so there are other bits that are needed in a CDP journey in terms of how do I build a, an event data framework that enables me to get the data that the CDP needs. So for us, we see that whole piece as a independent data supply chain that actually needs to be managed independently of all the activation tools that you know Raj is talking about in terms of things like marketing automation, CRM, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the endpoint tools that touch that the people touch in terms of brand exposure. Uh, the CDP actually sits back from that and and supplies the same 
uh, stateful data set to all of those tools. So you synchronously have a same understanding of the individual wherever they are touching the brand. Um, which is ultimately, you know, getting to consistent personalization. That's what you're wanting to head towards. In terms of how's the market grown, um, we started in the market in 2014. Um, back then, you were looking, I think, you know, probably about 2016, there were about half a dozen um, to, you know, different CDPs in the marketplace. Now we've, we've seen something like a 300% growth in the number of CDPs in the marketplace. So now there's over 100 um, and those CDPs have come from different places. Telium was purpose-built to solve for the problem, so we grew it from the ground up to solve just that problem. Um, but there are some, some CDPs that are in the market are, actually have come from specialist spaces. So that means they're particularly good at, at some particular parts of the, the, the data management journey. So it depends what it is that an organisation's looking for as to, to what fits. We'll come back around to that. Uh, Dave Whittle, you are also a customer data platform. So we also have a customer data platform. Right, see, this is the great stuff. I'm learning some language here that's... um yeah, go a- absolutely. <laughs> so just like Salesforce has a CRM, Lexa has a customer data platform, and that customer data platform powers a series of tools or products that our clients log into and use to achieve outcomes that really range across the full customer journey, from um, from insight and acquisition through to all throughout marketing, customer service, and even sales. So, and that's online and offline. So as distinct from a bunch of the other businesses that label themselves a customer data platform, we're doing data ingress and enrichment from zero, first, second, and third party sources. And then the tool set that if you want to make it really simple, our tool set helps our clients do two things, understand their customer and engage with them um, in a personalized way. And we'll, and we'll come back to some of the work you're doing and some other themes, but Susie Cardwell, in terms of a media company, at what point did the customer data platform come onto your radar? When did CDP start to go, what the hell's that? And do I need another stack um, or another tech layer? Where are you at in your in your journey of that? Yeah, so I guess we started looking at, at CDPs about probably about six months ago. I guess it comes about because like any other organisation that, um, that collects consumer data, we have multiple pools of consumer data and multiple types of consumer data um, sitting all over the organisation. So we obviously have, um, we have we have CRM data for our subscribers and for people who uh, register with us and interact with us on a personalised basis. So we collect pools of personal data, email, first name, last name, etc. We also collect pools of anonymised data from the way that they interact with us across all of the sites on our network. So uh, we are able to collect um, data at an ID level about the the types of content that our audiences are consuming with us, how much time they spend with us, how engaged they are with us. And then we have various other types of data that kind of sit around the organisation as well. So in looking at something like a CDP, um, the the we're looking to we're looking to try to answer the question of how we best unify all of those sources of data, to be able to then talk to our customer in a seamless way, to understand their likes and their dislikes, to give them the sorts of content that they expect to see on our sites, to enhance their subscriber experience uh, by giving them more and better. 
uh, articles and videos that they like to see uh, and to ensure that they stay with us uh, on a longer-term basis. Now, this is where you start to uh, see my ignorance, but wasn't this what CRM and what marketing automation and what the uh, maybe not the DMP, but those themes were supposed to do that, weren't they? This, we talked about this 10 years ago. So why are you still, Susie, talking about we want to unify things when I thought that was already what we were supposed to be doing? I, I might let the others answer in more detail, but I think that the short answer is that those things uh, don't present a unified view for us. CRM effectively, and this is a simplification, but CRM effectively is the place where we saw, where, where we can store our identified customer data, those people who have provided us with name, email address, etc. A DMP is where we store that anonymised data, that data that I just spoke about, about content consumption and, and what they're doing with us across the network. That's effectively where we store that data. Bringing the two together is possible, but it's not, not necessarily straightforward and it's not seamless. Dave Whittle, to uh, you first. There's always a clue in the technology stack about the origins, so where it originally began. And if you think about CRM, CRM was originally a B2B tool. Yep. Right. So it actually wasn't about customer data. It was about the customer relationship. Sales contact information. That's right. Was it? it was B2B. And so the CRM technically has evolved. You could call the CDP an evolution of or CRM 2.0 or, and we've talked a lot internally about just calling ourselves a CRM because everybody would understand back before the CDP space became generated some momentum Really, it's an advanced view of that. And a, a simple way to think about it is it's all customer data, past, present and prospective customer data from all accessible and privacy compliance sources. So zero party data that the, the actual customer has provided, first party data through all of the you know um, internal, the, internal systems and transactions and membership sign up, second party data and also augmenting with third-party data. So it's all of those four dimensions of data all together deterministically linked in one place. And that's what's very different to a CRM. I'm imagining you won't disagree with that one, Catherine. Uh, apart from which sort of data we would possibly put within a CDP, that there we might actually have a, a slight uh, differentiation. And so we wouldn't necessarily put third-party data into a CDP uh, simply because we think things like consent uh, will become a, a more important part of uh, the, the the data supply chain. Um, and if you've got third-party data, how you manage consent is probably going to become more challenging. So we see that as something that's coming over the horizon, is ultimately the things like governance and consent and consumer awareness of how much data is collected is actually going to impact our ability to make use of that data within something like a CDP. Um, and so, so we think that's something that businesses need to start to consider in terms of keeping the, the pipe open. Got you. you so but if we step back to um, why uh, a CDP is doing the job that we didn't get from, from CRM and marketing automation and so forth. Well, the, the reason... So let me just... I'm, I'm unfortunately uh, a little bit cynical because yeah, 15 no, I, years I, I ago did, uh, I heard the... And look, bullshit I, I, about Wonder One uh, uh, and yeah, CRM yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's all going to be rock and roll. And now we're 2020 and now we're hearing 
that the CDP is going to deliver what CRM was going to deliver in the late yeah, 90s. Yeah. Forgive me for being cynical. Yeah, and, and, and I am cynical as well. I've been around 25 years. I've done the single customer view. I've done all of those pieces, data warehouse, etc. So you're guilty. I am guilty. Right. I am guilty. What I see it as, just as Dave says, is that this is an evolution. The thing about the CDP is it's specialist to manage purely the data, not the activation. So all of those other tools were trying to do two jobs. They were trying to actually achieve some sort of automation process or activation process, and then they were storing the data that they needed to actually achieve that pace. Now, what that does for you is it puts the data in a state that's really good for those tools, but it doesn't necessarily put it in a state that's really good for sharing for, for everything. So what the CDP is is really is the evolution of actually – if we really truly want to get customer-centric, then we must store the data in the language of the customer and it must be in a structure that supports the customer, not the activation layers that actually it will fade. And, and that is a, a, a fundamental change. Is it, is it going to solve all the problems? I don't know. I think that that is one of those things that we will find out over evolution. Will will we get to a point at some point where we go, no, we're going to need some additional pieces? Possibly. Uh, but for now, there is a step change that the CDP brings into the marketplace that wasn't possible before in terms of, as Susie says, bringing together the worlds of the unknown with the known. That it, historically, those two things were kept separate, primarily because of the data structure that was, and the, and the knowledge that you needed to bring those two data structures together. Raj Kumar, you, how much interest are you seeing on the corporate side for the CDP, and can you show some empathy to my um, cynicism? I think you touch on some really good points. Thank so, you, Raj. So, so um, <laughs> I think we've had to go on this journey because everyone's figuring it out. So it's not as if this was, um, you know, a, a kind of endpoint solution that everyone had in their head 10 or 15 years ago. We knew, we knew there was a challenge to solve and there was some technology available to potentially help us solve it. Now, we've had to go on this journey to realise that some of those technologies are great at what they do. You know, marketing automation is fantastic for direct digital comms. It's not great at customer data management at scale and across unknown and known worlds. It simply doesn't play in that space. CRM is fantastic for sales and service, but it's not there to manage your entire customer experience. It's not what it does. A DMP is fantastic at ad tech activation. It's not fantastic at first party data management. So we've had to go on that journey to realize what they're good for and then what they're not good for. Now, one thing I would hope that the entire industry takes from the last 10 to 15 years is asking the questions that you're asking, Paul, which is why is this different and what is it going to do for me and my business and how does it fit within my stack? Because too often we get caught up in this, um, you know, this is the new technology and it's the center of my universe and it's going to solve all my problems. You know, here's a really radical thought. Not every business needs a CDP. Why um, is that, Raj? Well, because the use cases are specific to an organization. I mean, a mid-tier retailer compared to a large enterprise like a, like a News Corp are totally different. The, the data management um, requirements are completely different. So you have to be really clear on what it is you're trying to solve for in your organization from a data perspective, how that's going to drive growth, and then does a CDP enable that to either accelerate your success or, or fundamentally change how you're going to go to market? And I think, you know, we need to be clear on um, what questions we're trying to answer in the 
problems we're trying to solve before we we look at look at technology. Um, I think to your your earlier question about you know um, what are we seeing across the customer base? I mean, the CDP is a shiny new toy. Everyone is very very excited about what it represents, um, and and it can do a lot. And and you know we're excited by it as as um, technologists and consultants. And you're marginally and, um, impartial, aren't you? Absolutely. So we say neutral. We work a, uh, across a number of CDP technologies or CDP style technologies, um, and we're really excited about what it represents. But at the same time, um, I think we, um, you know, make sure we're asking the right questions on behalf of the customer to ensure they're solving problems, not just buying more technology. Dave, we'll, would would you concur with that? And have you got some use cases where it's worked or hasn't worked because of whatever's happened on the client side, the corporate side, where they haven't had the resource or they haven't realised what they're getting themselves into? Sure. So the first part, I mean, I don't know that I'm uh, aligned with Raj's view that the, I mean, no, the requirements and the implementation and the operationalization of technology in a business um, like uh, News Corp is quite different to a mid-market retailer, no doubt. But when you kind of raise up at a really high level, doesn't matter whether you're big or small, whether you're in publishing or whether you're in, in FMCG, a, uh, an enriched view of your customer is critical. And that is at the core what um, a CDP enables. So I, I think at, you know, at a high level, they actually the requirements are the same. And I haven't met a board member or a CEO in the last three or four years that does not have um, a customer, customer first, or a customer-led, or a you know a a, um, a customer-focused strategy in their top three. They all do, and so therefore, um, operationalizing a uh, you know an enriched view of customer is critical to all of the businesses. Doesn't matter whether you're tiny, Big, or small, or medium. Big, right? Uh, it's exactly the same. And so, by example, I mean I can illustrate that. You know, some of our clients include Optus at the, you know, super enterprise level, um, you know, offline and off, offline and online, the iconic online pure play, um, very modern business, no incumbent old technology in there. They're basically a data analytics business with a retail um, kind <laughs> layer. Of layer. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they're a really important client of ours right through to a business like Rip Curl that's a traditional business going through transformation and all the way through to a smaller business like Kiki K, um, and, e- and even, you know, go, we work with even smaller businesses than that. They all have a consistent thread of requirement, which is they want to simplify their tech stack. They're sick of the SaaS spaghetti that exists in their business, the best of breed and the, the massive overhead that exists in the procurement of that, the renewal of that, the management of that is just a huge overhead and businesses just don't want that anymore. It's too complex. Um, and, um, and they all, you know, they're, they're all wanting to, um, to enable this customer first approach. Um, and that, you know, that's consistent across the board and the success. The other thing is the time to value is very short. Um, and also the, all of the, or the outcomes are measurable right through to the customer experience. The only one that's probably not measurable is accelerating their data led transformation. It's hard to kind of, to, to, to measure quantitatively, but. There, you can see it in all of the other secondary indicators. Raj talked about the CDP being the next new shiny toy. Is there any danger? Is there any? Is there any danger that it becomes uh, what we've seen in some of the marketing automation uh, deployments, where it sort of gets lost and overwhelming and ineffective? Uh, I wouldn't call it a toy. Um, I'd call it a tool. Right, and, shiny uh, new tool. Then I mean, um, we have a lot of fun 
there's no doubt about that. <laughs> but ultimately, it's a tool that has a utility um, that's seen by you know that's being seen by the industry. And I think what's really important, and we're all aligned on, is that it's not about the three-letter acronym. Um, the industry has just called it something so that people could understand it and peg, you know, uh, peg in, um, the, the, their requirements or their focus around it. But, you know, that's the only reason why it appears on our website and we talk about it because people helps people understand it. But actually, it's all about the outcomes, which I think we're all aligned on that businesses want to achieve. Catherine, some of what Raj talked about and Dave actually, so large, SME, small, do you, are you through the chain on that for, for Telium? Do you see it relevant for all sizes? And go to, Dave didn't like the toy bit, but I think the inference is that it can be, it, there is a danger that the industry does jump on the next thing just for the sake of without due diligence and process about how to deploy and use this stuff. And I think that's the inference there. Yeah, look, um, from uh, are we through the, from enterprise down, yes, look, HSBC from a global implementation to, you know, big retailers here in Australia, uh, National Heart, Fa Heart Foundation is another example, so down to smaller retailers. I would say that you're going to get best advantage out of a CDP if the number of sources you have, the number of channels that you communicate on is wider. Like if I've only got a couple of channels, then my, my value for a CDP is is lesser. But ultimately, if what I'm pushing for is more communication, more consistent communication, those channels will grow. So I may not need a CDP today, um, but it, it, if you grow your business, then ultimately you probably will. Susie, you, where are you on your path to a CDP? You haven't got one, you haven't decided yet. So you are you are in the hot zone, really, aren't you? As a as a as a potential buyer. So what what are the pitfalls? What are you looking for? You've you've done had had a lot to do with sort of data and automation, marketing automation. You've been through all that. Um, what, what is the process for you, and what are you telling yourself and, and the company to be mindful of? Well, I think news as an organisation, um, something like a CDP touches um, multiple parts of the organisation. So we've certainly got some examples of how some of our sister organisations are using it. Right. So, so there's REA and KO, right? Yeah. You, so KO have a, have a bespoke implementation of a CDP. They've effectively they've effectively built one themselves and they the reason that they did that that can be a bit dangerous sometimes can't it but it's okay for ko well i think that i think that they've got they've got some very smart people working there so i think they'll nice be fine answer. you know and the requirement for them if you think about it they are you know they are a, a subscription organization so all the way through from sales from first contact with a potential customer through to actually making a sale and signing up a subscriber through to then understanding what those subscribers likes are what they're viewing um, you know, the, how frequently they're viewing, time of day, day of week, all of those kinds of things, the types of sport, and then understanding their likelihood to stay based on all of those kind of, uh, kinds of signals. They needed a place where they could bring all of that kind of information in together to, to create that true, proper, single view of customer. So they're using it in multiple ways. They're using it to they're using it to acquire customers, but importantly, they're also using it to retain customers, to understand the trigger points for people to to start to drop off or to start to churn, uh, and to try and to try to turn those to, to turn those around. So, Catherine, the upside to these companies using a CDP. Uh, so, what what sort of benefits and, and results are you seeing for, in, in amongst your portfolio of of 
of customers and clients. Name names and specific numbers, please. Okay. Well, I mentioned the National Heart Foundation previously. Um, for me, they are one of the customers that I hold up because when they first joined us, obviously you wouldn't ex- necessarily expect someone like National Heart Foundation to be uh, data first. Uh, but they, they realised that actually for them to progress and to grow, that they needed to actually start to build out that digital capability. They have 52 different descriptions of a customer. You know, if you think about it, they have a life cycle of a customer that starts with jump rope for heart and potentially, you know, finishes post-death, if, if we're being really honest. And through that time, they are actually trying to have many different conversations based on need. Uh, the other piece for them is that they are actually, they're not about actually conversions. They are actually about um, encouraging lifestyle change. So it's a great example of I don't necessarily just use a CDP to actually get more conversions. In fact, what I use a CDP for is to improve customer experience no matter where that is. Raj, quickly give us the um, your sense on, on use cases and the benefits. I think Susie touched on some really good points and I think that shouldn't be overlooked. The, the, the promise of a CDP and the idea of being able to, I guess, manage your your data asset across the entire org, that is a really, really strong use case. But it obviously requires a lot of organisational change. But if you get that right, your ability to power the entire customer experience, so whether it's you know marketing use cases from a a digital standpoint, whether it's service through things like call center, um, whether it's to what Dave touched on, you know, offline channels and 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 more kind of experience-led channels, all those things are now available. Um, we're working with a number of customers who are doing exactly that. They're, they're now moving beyond the kind of, you know, I guess basic uh, card abandonment style use cases. They're, they're moving towards more um, experience-led use cases. They're, they're looking at how they activate through things like call center. Um, and a CDP is what's empowering that because they've now been able to really wrangle their, their, their customer data asset into a spot that can now be activated. And I think that promise is what a lot of customers are moving towards. And if you if you can get that right, it can be super powerful and, and really make the rest of your stack hum. Um, it, it is that layer of technology um, that sits below everything else. And I think if, you, if you're able to really get that right, be able to plan for it and also drive the organisational change that's required to be able to implement and manage something like a CDP, you could be onto a, a real winner. So final tips from everyone, starting with you, Raj, for people in the market looking at this stuff, what would you, the top two uh, pointers? I, I wouldn't start with, I need a CDP, how could I use it? I would start with what am I trying to do um, and then looking at where a CDP can enable that. I think the second thing is not all CDPs are the same. They come from different origins. You have to be really clear about what components and what features um, are, are really critical for your business and then, and then go to market um, looking for a, for a solution. Good tips. Catherine, your top two or three? Yeah, look, I would echo what Raj has just said in terms of being very clear about what it is your organisation needs as a, as a baseline. Uh, and then go to market, ensuring that your business is actually coming along with you, that you're setting up the expectation within the business and that you're you're promoting the business change, going to be important to successful implementation of any tool. Susie, um, what learnings have you got? The starting point for any data implementation has to be your business objectives. And you've got to, you've got to step back and you've got to look at the macro level. What are we trying to achieve here? What what uh, new customer growth are we trying to achieve this year? What customer retention numbers are we trying to hit this year? Um, and then you've got to go away and take a look at, okay, well, what, what are all of the data sources that I need to um, help drive that? What have I got now? What else do I need? 
And then what are the technologies that are going to help me implement that? And, you know, it's got to be the starting point. Dave Whittle, the final words of wisdom. Sure. What I'd encourage people to think about is is waste as a theme. And at the moment, the lack of uh, enriched customer data is causing a huge um, deficit or weakness in the experience of the customer. Now, if you think about millennials, millennials expect a personalized customer experience across all channels. And millennials are just a leading indicator of what the customer of the future is going to become. So an enriched customer view can help solve experience, but it can also help assist with the economics of business. If you decrease the amount of waste that exists in a business, you can share that economic benefit between the customer and the shareholder. And so I really, you know, we talk to, to clients a lot about that is super important. This is a whole of business solution. It's right. often led by the CMO or the marketing team, but it is a whole of business solution because the customer is uh, related to almost every area. We're, we're seeing CFOs in meetings now, in first meetings with us now. And, but really all of this doesn't matter which which business you choose, the red one, the yellow one, or the green one. It's about the operationalization of it. It's about the usage. And you can have the best data and the best tech in the world, but if you don't operationalize it properly within a business, um, then it's all a waste of time and money. Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm um, fabulously more informed than I was about 30 minutes ago. So thank you all. I've, I've got sort of SAS spaghetti. I've got known and unknown worlds. I didn't know about that. Um, so thank you all. I think it was, it was a great conversation and I look forward to version 2.0 of CDP and what happens and Susie Carbell, what you do in six months' time where you end up. <laughs> thank you all for joining. Thanks thank you. Thanks. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre, that's moi, in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater, music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button.